Oh, what comes after two, guys? Oh, yeah, shit, one! Hail, salutations, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the GNA Podcast. I'm your host, Blue Shark 45 and I totally screwed it up because I should have actually have told you, and it's very important that I explain this now, that GNA stands for Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, and this is the podcast where we get drunk and talk about stuff. But we're just going to try to ignore the fact that I screwed up that recording intro and we're going to go ahead and move right into who we've got here on the show tonight so let's go ahead and talk to the wonderful man damok how you doing damok oh i'm still alive i'm so excited to still be alive i i don't know what else to say i'm still alive yay yay how about you (laughs) i'm doing well sir i went outside and then i pulled in the recycling bin and i came back inside and went back to work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i've been working in the office and you know i've been wearing the mask thing i got uh i got a new mask it's got the gaxton flag on one side and then it the yellow starts to tatter and you get the american flag on the other side oh man that sounds pretty awesome like yeah. uh i'm 100 percent telework i'm not even sure what day it is anymore <laughs> like i fall out of bed and i open up the laptop like okay let me log into the vpn Oh, fuck, it's Sunday? Okay. <laughs> man, that telework shit is... Yeah, it fucks with you, man. It took me It took me a good week to get back into a normal... Let's get up and actually get moving and get ready because we got to go into work instead of like, oh, fuck, roll out of bed, meeting. All right, I'll go in there and make breakfast. My boss won't know that I'm cooking breakfast instead of working right now. It's sad the amount of work that I can get done in like two hours and I have to pace it out over eight hours. And I'm like, damn, we really should telework more. <laughs> it's so much more work. I'm like, fuck, I want to go back to video games. Let me knock all this work out real quick. Okay, all reports are done. Everything is configured. Uh, I'm done. Let's play some Warzone. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. Um, except I get all the phone calls now. Like, like everyone's bugging me. I, oh, this, 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 this. Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't get anything I need to get done done because I'm answering questions. Uh, and, ladies and gentlemen, we have the one, the only, the shiniest of shiny people, Zyber. How you doing, Zyber? Hello. So shiny. I love that bright and, you know, just like vibrant personality you've got, bud. It just brings something to the show. Oh, I know. It's such a party when I arrive. Hell yes. (laughs) How you doing, Cyber? Um, I'm still reeling from some stuff. Um, work is work. Play is play, which I've been playing with Damoc a lot, which is great. Yeah, 
you know, just I hope you never get to that stage where play is work and and work is play. Well, work is play might be a good one to be, but when when play becomes work, I think you you you're doing something wrong there. Yeah, that's why I stopped masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, sir. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the GNA podcast, and if this is your first time, welcome to the shit show. If this isn't your first time, then you know what I'm going to say next. That's right, state of games. I mean, we're going to talk about what everyone's drinking. So let's go ahead and move this right on back to Zyber. Zyber, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Uh, I am drinking apple juice and gin. Really? What's oh, yeah. that called? Huh? Is it? Is that like a? Is that a got a cocktail name to it, or is that just? It might, but okay. I have no fucking clue what it is, <laughs> other than being absolutely fucking delicious. The All juniper right. and the apple and the cloviness of the gin with the like appley apple of the apple cider is fucking amazing. Holy crap. It's actually called an Apple business. All right. Yeah. Apple business. All right. Okay. Now, Juniper, is that a very bold taste? Um, It can be an aggressive flavor. Okay. Yeah, we had... Uh, oh tonics or i don't forget the heck they were calling it this restaurant um we were in tampa and met up with my sister and my buddy and Brittany was there with me of course and they had these drinks and you had a, you picked a tonic you can have just a regular tonic or these different flavored ones and then you mixed in something whether it be gin i asked them if they had tomcat they didn't so i just passed right over that i had bar hell regardless bar hell Tomcat is their special reserve, but the Bar Hell uh, standard um, is basically the same thing, just lighter on that juniper flavor and okay. lighter on that cloviness and licorice taste. Well, I added juniper to my tequila tonic. I did something else. I can't remember what it is for the life of me, but I remember it being pretty strong. Um, but I wanted to blame the tonic on that one just because tonic to me is, I don't like the flavor. It's kind of, yeah, I don't really like the taste of tonic. Um, it kind of has that dry dirt ish taste to it. Um, it's definitely better than Vichy water in any kind of drink, but, um, yeah, tonic, I don't really care for it. What is Vichy water? Um, it, it's like a carbonated liquid, sort of like seltzer, but I think it's with uh, uh, sulfur notes or something like that. I can't quite remember, but hmm. yeah, it, it, it is horrible tasting stuff. It does sound horrible. I don't know about you, but I hate the smell of rotten eggs. Yeah. But I dig the juniper flavor. Um, I mean, Carousel, I believe, has juniper in it. 
Maybe. I'd have to go back and look at the bottle. It definitely doesn't taste like it to me. Yeah, the citrus notes in Carousel are forward. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, rear note on Carousel is uh, Juniper Berry. Okay. I could cool. be wrong, but I, I think Juniper is in it. Uh, you are 100% correct. I drink a, a lot of blue Carousel or whatever because it goes in those... Uh, I mean, where the, the girlfriend makes them, right? They're just nothing but pure liquor, and she calls them walk-me-downs because they're like, walk-me-down sweet Jesus or whatever. Like, wow. <laughs> Dear Lord, man, let me tell you, you drink two of those, and you are walked down. <laughs> but, yeah, it is um, the blue carousel, juniper berries. Yeah, it's a big time. And in regular carousel, uh, juniper berries are very prevalent. Nice. Very nice. So, so what's that attack on that uh, gin and uh, apple juice, Cyber? Uh, it's candy. Absolute candy. That's that's all I can say. It's like eating a slice of apple pie. And how much? And then you get a, a, a flash of the juniper and a little bit of clove, and it's quickly gone. Uh, the evolution is very fast back to sugar. It starts with sugar, ends with sugar. Now, how much apple juice to gin? What's your ratio on that? Well, uh, uh, the view, the listeners won't be able to view, but here's my glass. Where my finger is, where I fill up to the gin. Okay, so probably like two to three shots. Uh, I'd probably say about four and a half. Looks okay. like a, a typical pint glass, so I'm going to say yeah. about a third is going to be liquor, two-thirds are going to be your apple juice. Yeah. Okay. And are you using, like, uh, juicy juice? Apple, or no, using... no, no, no. This is fresh apple cider. Nice. Okay. So you've got cinnamon in there, too, like with the cider? Uh, there's no cinnamon in the cider. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, that sounds like a tasty... It is very tasty like beverage. I might try one warm, sort of a hot toddy ish kind of thing, but not whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing nothing like warm cider. Spiked warm cider. Oh yeah. Nice nice cool breeze. Well, it is gonna be forty degrees in this northeastern territory. I fucking hate you. It's, what is it right now? We're looking at, I think it was like, yeah, it was 80 something degrees earlier, like 85. And not that like, that not like that brisk, no humidity 85. No, it's the hot, sweaty, humidity 85 degrees. You screw you. I went to Tennessee over my Labor Day weekend and I'm missing that nice, cool mountain air. Oh, yeah. It's 59 now. By the time we get done with the show, it's going to be around uh, 50, probably about 2 in the morning. It's going to be in the 40s. Carry through to the morning. Well, at least I can still go to the beach until late October, November. 
Yeah, but do you All really right. want to go to the beach at this point in time? I usually don't. <laughs> usually. <laughs> but, you All know, right, never Damoc, what are you drinking? Oh, Damoc is being a snobby asshole tonight. I'm drinking a very nice Cabernet Sauvignon, right? It's not very nice. It's actually really, really fucking good, but it is a Lidl exclusive. So go to your Lidl and pick up Quarter Cut. This shit is amazing. It is a California Cabernet Sauvignon, right? Uh, it is a bourbon barrel aged wine. Okay. So it's got a very if you if you ever had a Sauvignon, it's got that punchy taste in the beginning and then it smooths out and it's got a very like wow, I just took a the aftertaste shot of whiskey towards the end for that bourbon barrel age. It's really good. And I've been the only one drinking it. That's uh <laughs> so <laughs> you're, be... you maybe got a glass left in there if that. <laughs> You know, so I got about a glass left, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, whenever I go, and it's real weird, it's only sold at Lidl grocery stores. It's like an Lidl exclusive, and somebody turned me on to it, you know, about a year ago, and I I put it off, I put it off, I put it off, and I picked up a couple bottles uh, several months back, and I was like, wow, that's amazing, but I just never get out to a Lidl. All right, I got to ask. Yep. Is the bourbon... Uh, taste to it anything like the um brews that we've gotten over the years that are uh bourbon barrel aged like the stout yes and no so it depends on which stout we are talking about if we are talking about the dogfish head worldwide stout where it's got this wonderful upfront like craft beer flavor and then that really smooth bourbon taste after absolutely this has that wonderful red wine punch and as you swallow it's good and then it smooths out to a like ooh, did i take a a, a light shot of whiskey in there it's it's really good compared to how does that. it compare to the founders Founders, I found to be much more in-your-face bourbon-flavored across the board, right? You take the sip, and yeah, the initial taste is like, ooh, and then as you're swallowing, you're like, wow, that is that is very bourbony, and then it smoothed out, but it still had a, a seriously lingering bourbon taste like you had taken a shot of bourbon mixed with beer. I, I mean, personally, that's what I found for it, so... If you like wine, if you like bourbon-aged beers that have that slight hint of taste at the very end, I absolutely recommend this wine. Now, does that have that leather kind of feel, taste to it? Or is that completely muted in the cab? So, Like the, tannin? Yeah, like it feels like your your tongue gets a little like dry. It feels like you just like kind of like licked a little piece of leather. So I get that when I drink red wines anyways. Okay. Right. So, but I mean, here I am about to finish off a bottle of this. So yeah, um, I do have that leathery tongue type deal now, but the, the taste of it, no, 
you don't notice it until you're like, oh shit, dude, I have uh, one glass left of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if you didn't mention it, I really wouldn't be paying attention to it. It's like, yeah, okay, this is really good. Now I do feel like after I drink this, I'm I'm gonna have a couple glasses of water to try and rehydrate my tongue. But I mean. It is what it is. You're drinking a red wine, which does that to me naturally, with a little bit of the bourbon taste in there, which also does that to my tongue as well. Um, but it's not—it's not like I've been sitting here drinking a couple glasses of bourbon or a really good couple glasses of scotch, and you're like, "Wow, my tongue is just fucked." It, it's real light. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the GNA podcast, and we try to give you insightful, insightful knowledge about these things. You got to know, is that leather? Oh, and we got to know, Blue, what are you drinking? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm enjoying one of my second favorite New Belgian um, uh, brewery uh, beers. My first is... 1985. No. Uh, this is the Voodoo Ranger, but it's specifically the Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Um Never been a huge fan of IPAs. Um, That's a solid one. From uh, beginning of uh, my stint here on the show, uh, I've tried a few different ones. I remember I accidentally picked up a Voodoo Ranger thinking it was Juicy Haze, but it was actually just the regular one. I don't like it too much, but I love Juicy Haze because it is a cloudy IPA with a nice muted IPA bitter taste. Um. You get, uh, let's hear, let's take a drink here. Mm -hmm. So, I know I'm drinking an IPA because it still has that slight note at the back of the tongue, right towards the end, um, of bitter, but begins with a nice, smooth, citrus kind of flavor. Uh, maybe that's what makes it the haze. I always felt that Juicy Haze started off orange juice and finished grapefruit. Yes. And like, yeah, kind of like real grapefruit juice. Not yeah. like uh, grapefruit beer or grapefruit liquor where it's all sweetened. You know, it has that bitter note to it. Wait, it's not... that's what fucking Juicy IPAs taste like? Like orange juice and it ends in like a real grapefruit taste kind of i would go to the store fuck i love i wouldn't say it it ends like full grapefruit juice because i know what i don't like about grapefruit is it's bitter it's very very bitter fruit um so the grapefruit beers like hefeweizens or grapefruit like moonshine that stuff's good because it's sweet. I never got grapefruit from Hefeweizen. Never? No, I got more banana bread flavor. Well, they have them. I, I forget who makes it. Um, It's like S-C-H. It's the O with the double dot above it. Schaff or something. Or like, uh, if not banana bread, like toasted oats kind of um, flavor with Hefeweizen. Like, uh, are you talking like a f like just a regular Hefeweizen has yeah. that kind of? T okay, I'm actually talking about a Hefeweizen. It's got grapefruit in it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I know they did that kind of stuff. They do. Yeah, Schofer Hoffer. S-T-H-O-F-F-E-R-H-O-F-E-R. Yeah, I can never fucking say that right. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the two I's above the O. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my buddy um, Ish really likes that one. Uh, It's good. It's good stuff. Um, But yeah, this this has a slight bitter taste to it um at the end kind of like what you would get from grapefruit juice or what i think is really coming in from is from the hops yeah but it's new belgian brewery if you've never had any of their stuff i do recommend it fat tires a good beer to start with i can't remember what it is off the top of my head i can't remember if it's a lager or an ale um i want to say it's an ale they apparently now make a hefeweizen that I have yet to try. And I was tempted to actually buy that, but I would, I kind of wanted, I was originally, this was going to go to my buddies for the road trip, but, uh, well, I forgot it in the fridge. So I'm enjoying it now. Lies. It's all lies. Just like Uh his name. He wanted to Hmm. keep it for himself, but uh, I just finished my first one here while we were getting settled. I do Um, recommend it. I got to say, if you'd like that, uh, if you find yourself in the vicinity of the 1985, try that. Okay. Is the 1985 an IPA? Yes, it is IPA. Uh, it has a similar flavor and texture, but a little less of that um, grapefruit at the end. Okay. New Belgian... Voodoo 1985. Voodoo Ranger 1985. Okay. Anytime you say that, dude, that's Bowling for Soup 1985 song, man. We're going to have to look into that one for our next trip to the liquor store. Hmm. I need to go to the liquor store, man. It's, uh, It's... I got actually some really good scotches, but... Yeah, I'm trying to to hold off on drinking those. I got some good cigars to go with them. I gotta find a spot to sit down. All right, nice. Very, very eighties retro. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is games, nerds, and alcohol. And we need to talk about some games. Damoc, what is what have you been playing for the last week or what can you tell us about your state of games? Uh, well, I've been watching a lot of games because NVIDIA's big announcement with the new 3,000 hey, series hey, cards. Hey, hey. I didn't say watch. I, I said know. play. I know, no, we get Come a on. pontificate. Cecil says pontificate. <laughs> I am pontificating. I don't even know what pontificate means, but we're going to pontificate here. So I've been watching a lot of games and getting really excited. However, personally, I have reinstalled pathfinder kingmaker and i've been rediscovering that game now that they have gone through so many patches and fixed so many of the bugs i'm so excited to play it Uh, i know the new expansion is due out relatively soon and i bought that like super crazy deluxe edition on kickstarter way back when it started yeah on uh pathfinder kingmaker i have to restart the whole game because my files for that game are still bugged on the cloud save. So, 
absolutely. I have to just, I was like, screw it, you know, I'm going to start from the beginning anyways. Uh, I'm going to try and play with some of these new DLC classes because, you know, I, I bought that deluxe edition, so I have every DLC. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying something now new with it, and I'm really excited to play it. That game is fantastic. Other than that, uh, I I don't know if I can say that I've been playing Warzone. I know that I've been like a participant who follows Ko around while he slaughters people in Warzone with his natural that nail on the head right there. Right? Like me and Zyber, we've been playing it. We've been running together, but we kind of run 20 feet behind Ko and just let him slaughter everything for us. And then we try and take the victory. And then the only way that Ko loses because there's an actual aimbotter. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's so quick in that game. It's like, dude, call where you're going. You're like a mile away and you didn't even say anything. <laughs> I hate playing with people like that. It's like, I feel like I feel so naked in a game like that. It's such a huge map. I feel like you got to stick together or at least I need to because otherwise I'm just going to get shot first and die. Though I do like uh, how I'm a, I'm a very good spotter for him because I get hit and he sees where I get hit from. Even though I get knocked, he knocks. So win win. It it's is. making me get better at my gulag. That's all I'm saying. Hey, yeah, that's right. And I do like that feature. It's like second chance. Second chance to get exactly. back in the game. All right. Well, um, is that it for you, Damoc? Yeah, a little bit of Pathfinder Kingmaker, which if you've never played and you actually like uh, D&D type games or you like Pathfinder because, you know, D&D lost its way to a certain extent uh, with customization, then Pathfinder is definitely the way to go. If you don't have time or a dedicated group to play pen and paper like you truly should, Pathfinder Kingmaker is phenomenal across the board. I highly recommend it. I love playing it. It's been great. Warzone is Warzone. It's free. It's full of cheaters. It's still fun. It's just frustrating because it's full of cheaters, but still fun. And then I don't do anything else, dude. I uh, I pretend to work and I play a lot of Warzone when everybody's awake, and then I play Pathfinder in secret because it's my my nerd itch. <laughs> Like you need to be secret about your nerd itch in that household. All right, uh, Zyber, what's your state of games? Well, we already mentioned uh, COD, so I'm not going to go there any deeper than thank you, Co, for you know being my Sherpa. Um, other than that, I've been playing uh, Kingdom of uh, what is it, Emilar? Uh, Re-Reckoning. Um, like... I gotta they, ask. Yeah, it, I, it's, did you it's play the WoW original? Solo. Did you play the original? Yeah, I played the original way back in the day. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure that you've played the original. Because the remake is amazing. But yeah. I wanted to see if you played the original. Um, I've been playing Catherine a little bit here and there. A lot of Lost Castle. Um, and I am trying to replay my ending for, uh, Hellblade. 
that's about it. Very nice. So, do you play Hellblade with or without headphones? Uh, with the headphones. In absolute darkness. <laughs> ah, that's just creepy. Well, gentlemen, I actually got to play video games. Excellent. Bullshit. Call him bullshit. He's going to go an, up and say something stupid. Just watch. I'm waiting for it. It's it's an eight-hour drive to, to Tennessee, so I actually got some gaming in. I played a little bit of um, Pokemon Go while I was out there, but I did play on the Switch. Um, played a game my buddy wanted me to um, get, and I actually thought was kind of interesting. Um, it's called Wargroove. It's a turn-based Okay, yeah, game. yeah, I have Wargroove. So I've got that. I um, I just got through the tutorial. I did a little bit of Pokemon Sword. And then I played for the first time ever Sid Meier's Civilization. Specifically oh, nice. Civ 6. Yes, I've never played that. Never been really interested in these types of games. I think the first time I played a game like this was in middle school. I borrowed a copy of... Well, I had gone to a game store and I saw something cool. And I saw StarCraft. I was like, oh, I've heard of StarCraft. Uh, a lot of people talk about this, and I looked at StarCraft Brood Wars, and I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. This looks something like I might want to play. I'll give a PC game a try. Bro I bought it. Uh, congratulations. You bought a game. No, you didn't buy a game. You bought an expansion, and you need the base game, and you don't have it. Luckily... I had a buddy, and I was talking to him about it. I was like, yeah, I bought this thing, and I can't play it. And he's like, oh, I'll just loan you my copy of StarCraft. So I bought I borrowed it from him, and I played it. And I actually beat it, and I beat Brood Wars. And I enjoyed it. It was interesting. Um, you know, it's a way to pass time. Uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't anything too complex. You know, strategy... I never did anything competitive with it. and never competed against anyone. But I enjoyed the campaign. I kind of enjoyed the story and how they represented it. So that was my first um, RTS experience, really. You mentioned uh, Sid uh, Mare. Yeah. My so... first game from him was uh, Sid Mare's Pirates. Oh, that was my first. And then I found Civ... Pirates was fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this one's um, this one's interesting. I, I like the technology, the technology advancements you can yeah. make. You fucking can India, dude. Yeah, you can choose. Uh, you can choose different government styles. We didn't get too far. So what we did was, my buddy booted it up on his switch, and he was player one. I was player two. And we had the guy be player three. We never came across each other. God, what did we get to? I think we got to turn... Oh... 40, maybe? We okay. Just, 
we were we had no idea what we were doing we watched a youtube video to try to figure out how to play this game and he literally took did his turn then he passed it off to me and then i passed it off to my buddy and just went in a circle fucking barbarians that's all i gotta say just damn it to hell like my my town needs to be expanded i know they're gonna get a bitch about this the barbarians takes my builders and then the next thing i know three or four turns come by and they're like your townspeople are going to either rebel or they're going to get really pissed off at you because they need more room. It's like, well, you know, fucking barbarians. I need time to build another builder. Um, and I really should have paid 80 gold at the time for an um, army that would have lasted me 15 turns. But I was like, nah. And then it just kept on going up turn after turn and it's like well fuck I'm screwed that'll happen well yeah barbarians came over and I had to buy something and I bought it and then I was down so far in gold and I just yeah I just couldn't pay for the army because they were at 100 they went up to 100 and I was just like oh that's too far out of my reach and they were like some neighboring civilization but yeah we never finished the game because we made it back here um, it, it was an interesting game. I'll probably fiddle with it when I get a lazy day, but there's just so many games I need to finish. Um, so, so many like Pokemon and Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, good Lord. I need to, I need to find time to game again, but hashtag almost married life. Yo, <laughs> uh. yeah, I can't wait to watch that stream, dude. Yeah, that, man, it's just a whole shitty situation. And funny story, so. Yeah, also, I just want to say, I really hope that you can get the reception streaming, too. Yeah, we're, we're going to see what we can do. I don't really know what they've got, but we'll at least have that part of the ceremony. But funny story is, we were actually at the reception hall um, since we were going to be in the area already for the... Um, Unfortunately, Brittany's aunt had passed away and we had a there was a ceremony um, down in Tampa Bay. So we were in the area. So we went to the reception hall and we did the tasting and my mother texted me and she wanted to talk. And I was like, well, we're driving back tonight. She's like, oh, well, then we'll just can wait another day. It's something about the wedding. And I said, all right, sure. And I, t I turned to Britt and I said, wouldn't it be funny that she's wanting to talk to me because one of my aunts has now changed her mind about wanting to come to the wedding. And it's like, we have the guest list set like from a couple weeks ago, the invitations are being made and we asked all of her sisters and they're like, no, we don't feel safe because of COVID. And I was like, yeah, I understand. That's fine. And now we got to go back to that whole game of, well, who are we going to have to cut? And it's a shitty ass game that no one wants to play. And this whole COVID situation has made everything fucking awkward. I had to cut Zyber and I had to cut Cecil from this thing. I've had to cut other family members. And it's just been this whole like. Oh, you said other family members after seeing us. That makes me feel really special. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just. You're welcome, but I just fucking hate the situation. I really do. No, I understand. Uh, Erica and I went through the same thing when we were planning our wedding. 
uh, back in 2014. Um, yeah, it was freaking ridiculous uh, because, well, we could only afford so much food and so many people at the venue. Well, Sorry if you can't come. I mean, it's yeah. not that we don't want you there. It's It's, you know, just we gotta cut someone. Yeah. Well, the venue is being the real bitch. They're like, yeah, you can only have so many people because COVID. Right. Yeah. Fucking A. You were gonna say something, Damoc? I mean, you guys have uh, definitely shift focus off of what I was gonna say, but <laughs> you, you were just like damn barbarians. That's eight-year-old Damoc playing Civilization going, this game is great. Fucking barbarians are ravaging everything. Yep. And then Civilization 2 came out, dude. I was 13. It was like, fucking barbarians. Me and my neighbor. <laughs> my neighbor, John. Me and him. Fuck. We played this shit out of Civilization. My computer wasn't even good enough to run it. I had to go to his house and play for hours. We said, oh, I got to turn 40. It turn goes that game goes to like turn six thousand. <laughs> like I don't know what you were thinking. Like I mean, I could have decent way to the game. That game takes months to complete if you're playing it on a good difficulty. Yeah, we were trying to play. We played on a small map. Uh, I don't know what he set for the turn limit for the lifespan of it, but I remember seeing the opening. Or you can go to space. So we're gonna go from a biblical like bc i i want to say biblical times because this isn't caveman era kind of crap like they had clothing they had like fabric they had like you know you started off somewhere in either like just before ad um or like uh fuck the count you count backwards on this shit um late bc early bc i don't know point of view right right before ad from the stone age both well i don't know they say a lot they, they say a lot honestly the game's got to represent itself in a way that sells across the board because i believe it's e for everyone right uh, yeah, I mean, Zyber's holding the age? game case, so you can't have like, oh, the Stone Age, we're already fucking butt naked and having a good time. E but no, plus ten. Yeah, okay, so ten and up. So yeah, there still can't be nudity. They're gonna show different things. They say Stone Age, it's not Stone Age. We're all aware because it is what it is. It's still a civilization game. It's still a lot of fun. I don't know about the newest one, which is six that you're playing. I hope it's six is the newest one. Holy crap, dude. I lost yeah. count. Like four was the last one that I played. And it was still good. It, it's different now, but it was still good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Well, I'll, the last I'll actually... one I played was Planetfall. Planetfall. Which one is that one? Seven? Uh it's it takes place uh you planet jump. Okay. Yeah, so, you you can play as like an alien race or a human race, and yeah, it's weird. I mean, Sid Meier, Sid Meier, it's it's Sid Meier, right, or is it Sid Meier? Meier. Yeah, so Sid Meier's all that. I I mean, 
My absolute favorite game from them had to have been Sim Golf. I loved making the golf courses and just having a wonderful time with that. But it looks like everything else that they did was all pretty much civilization. They did after the early 2000s, they went hardcore into the civilization games. A couple of this Ace Patrol stuff, but didn't last very long. They have Civilization Revolution 2, Civilization Beyond Earth, you know, Civilization 6 is the newest one. Yeah, I mean, that was their, their bread and butter. But if you ever get a chance to play that old Sim Golf, that was a fun game. Nice. Well, we don't want to make Cecil upset. That's the goal of this show, ladies and gentlemen. We never want Cecil to be upset, so we can't let State of Games run any longer, even though I've broken the cardinal rule that was supposed to be like two minutes each. But you know what? Screw it, man. We're here to have fun, right? Well, I mean, wait a minute. Isn't this games, nerds, and alcohol? We've all been consuming a little bit of alcohol, and we're talking about games, right? Yeah, right. So we're, fi- we're filling the criteria. As a host, yeah. I'd like to say we're filling the criteria. Yeah, I think so, too. But you know what, guys? Bad news sucks. It really is. And, you know, sometimes things happen, you know, accidents, things break. And, you know, it's you feel like you're doomed. You really do. But this is a different type of doomed. You never thought wait, you'd be wait. playing. You, you never thought you'd be dealing with this type of doom. Wait, doomed as in like you forgot to pull out doomed? Yeah, that kind of that kind of doomed. But this is this is just a little bit different because, ladies and gentlemen, we we've reached that that time where civilization is really at the pinnacle. But we're still doing kind of silly stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can now play Doom on a pregnancy test. Who had that on their bingo card for this year? Because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have if you pee on a cartridge of Doom, you will find out if you're pregnant or not. Oh, so, really? Well, I lost right. that bet. So, apparently the two of you and maybe the three listeners that you have that are the other m- members of the podcast, right? Uh, don't follow Does It Play Doom? And No. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of this. I discovered the article after I had been looking up because there's a whole really big Reddit thread on, you know, does it play Doom? And, I mean, they go into everything. You got to be careful if you're reading the article because at first it says that they watched a clip of Doom being played, but can you play Doom on the pregnancy test and sure enough if you hook up a keyboard and all that there is a specific pregnancy test that you can actually play it now in terms of playing it, if you watch the video of them playing it is relatively sketchy because it can only draw so many pixels but technically it's there and you can well that makes me think back to when uh they were working on uh 3d worlds for doom and the genre in itself and they try to get it to work on a game boy so yeah 
there's that. That's what it makes me think of. Well, like like Damoc talks about it, like you you could play it. It's not the greatest though, because you know the pixels. So it's a pregnancy test, uh, and uh, Foon Turning, uh, who's a California-based programmer, uh, he made a playable, or he he has made 1993's Doom playable on a pregnancy test. Um, and looking at it, you can only kind of see it's there's no there's definitely the the colors limiting so you have kind of like these bluish um pixels black background uh the screen's not very big but uh you you can play it um it's not going to be the cleanest version of uh of doom that you've ever played you can you can play it that's the biggest thing you can play it and it's using its own internal memory it's not using an external memory card or anything like that to run it pregnancy tests at this part in our advancements of technology are so fucking advanced that you can load a computer game onto them highly modified computer game but you can load a computer game onto them and you can play them on a p-stick all right, ladies, just <laughs> go ahead, squat over a Commodore 64 or a, a T-80, piss on it, it'll let you know if you're pregnant. Oh, okay, so here we go. It's important to note that Foon did replace the display and microcontrollers so that the only part of the original tester is the shell. However, Doom uh, getting Doom running and playable on a 128 by 32 pixel monochrome display at 1 BPP is uh, still an impressive feat, according to IGN's article. Oh fuck! Any? Oh, sorry. We'll 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 do that next. But yeah. Any, anyone else got anything else to add to this? Negative. I mean, all right. Positive well, for doing doom, but negative. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I meant to have a serious note about this. Uh, this podcast is recorded in America. And uh, I'm pretty sure I, I speak for everyone who's who's uh, who's usually on this show every week. And not necessarily every guest, because we've had people from different countries. But everyone who's usually on this show is pretty damn proud about that, that we're American. And today is a very, very... um, It's one of those days that if you were alive when it happened... Rings in infamy. Yeah. And and you remember where you were. Like you asked someone who who fought in in World War Two, and you asked them where were you December sixth, and they could tell you where they were and what they were doing. Well, today is Friday, September eleventh, two thousand and twenty. Nineteen years prior, the world, well, our worlds were shook. And I remember where I was. I remember I was in school. I was in sixth grade. And I just want to say 
in times like this, remember, for those of you who were there, remember how we were shocked, how some of us lost people that day, and how we all came together. And I'd have to say, that's a pretty damn powerful, positive message that when the shit hit the fan, when people came knocking on our door and took people from us and took a swing at us, I forget the name of the country guy. Uh, uh, gave us a bit. We look as soon as we could see through a big black eye, we stuck a boot in your ass. But we came together that day. There were people who ran into danger, and I just like to say to those people who ran into danger, to those people who stood tall afterwards, thank you and God bless. Prost. Slancha. Slancha. All right. Moving on to less serious things. Pringles. Once you pop, the fun don't stop, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. And Pringles is debuting new Rick and Morty inspired flavors. And limited edition flavors will be sold at Walmart, which means I will never buy them. I have this whole weird thing with Walmart. They have shitty customer service, and they pissed me off one too many times, and I never went back. Wait, customer service? They have customer service? They have <laughs> shitty customers? Absolutely, man. If you're trying to get a prostitute at 4 o'clock in the morning, Walmart's where you go no matter where you're at in the United <laughs> States. You get a 4 a.m. prostitute at Walmart. I guess so. You can but get a 3 a.m. prostitute as well. And a Dude, 2 a.m. glory hole. You can get the 10 a.m. drunk, man. We'll be good. It's all there. It's Walmart. They got everything. They do, and they also have people who are just... I mean, all I got was the dirty fucking look, and I got attitude from, from their employees. But anyway, moving on. Pringles is aiming to recapture the insanity that the brand's first introduced in its 2020 Super Bowl commercial by recreating Rick and Morty for yet another promotion. This week, Pringles announced two new flavors inspired by the Adult Swim series exclusively excuse me, available at Walmart. Honey Mustard Morty and Look at Me, I'm Cheddar and Sour Cream. Um, they also have Pickle Rick flavor, uh, which was previously available. I did not know that. I don't know. Have any of y'all tried any of these Pringles? Uh, negative. I saw it earlier today, and I laughed my ass off. No, and, like, the little thing of, like, stack all three together. Dude, that must be the grossest thing ever. Yeah. I don't know. Pickle, Pickle, mustard, and fucking cheddar and sour cream. Ew. Yeah. I mean, honey mustard, the Snyder's uh, pretzel pieces, that stuff was good. Oh, yeah. I liked sour cream. I liked their cheddar um, Pringles. Barbecue's mesquite that was my number one favorite um pringles chips 
Same. But, uh, you know, it could be good. But, yeah, to, I don't know, stack a, stack, stack a few of those together, that's, that's going to be a weird freaking combo. Um, Rick and Morty uh, sandwich stack. Uh, I yeah, can't I do it. I, I yeah. mean, but I'm not a big. I don't eat a lot of chips to begin with. I'm a fat guy because I drink. Right? I'm not a fat guy because I eat a lot of junk food. Because I really don't. Uh, yeah, chips are not my thing. Pringles, dude, they seem to be more greasy than any other chip that I've ever had. Like, really? Yeah, they are just like. It, it absorbs in your hand if you take a napkin and you wipe your hand on the napkin after eating a couple of chips. It is far, by far, the most greasy chip that I've that I've eaten. But I don't eat a lot of potato chips, so you know it is what it is. I eat like well, if it's chips and salsa, I will eat corn chips with salsa. But I like unsalted corn chips, just you know, all natural, so I can just dip in my salsa. I don't like the the scoops and. All that that are salted. Really? Because I, I remember like the original Pringles, and they they didn't make as much of a greasy mess as like Lay's did. Lay's was, Lay's I felt was greasier. Agreed. At the time, I thought that Lay's was greasier. And what was it? Uh, once you pop, the fun don't stop. And sticky yes. not fun, nah, 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 or whatever. Was there a commercial? And they used to like mm-hmm. show the people wiping their hands with the other potato chips, and they'd wipe them with Pringles. And like the Pringles, though, what it did is the advertisement was just those chips, the little crumbs would wipe off your fingers and on your clothes. And they'd fall off your clothes. Your fingers were still greasy as shit after eating them. I really didn't think that they were hmm. less greasy. Now, maybe compared to Lay's at the time, but even Doritos were less greasy than Pringles. Now, it's like when you eat Doritos, you're going to eat Doritos nachos and you're going to get the yellow shit. Just chips in general are going to give you something except for, you know, just restaurant style corn chips with some salsa. (laughs) Well, baked chips also. Baked chips. I love baked chips. Mm -hmm. They're not greasy as like all the rest. What? Well, not good for you, but aren't they better for you than potato chips? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, because they're not they're not drowned in um, the oil, so they're not soaking up all of that uh, fat. Um, which certain oils are better for you? Well, actually, I don't think I think you just need to fry everything in bacon fat. I think that's actually the healthier version of everything or butter yeah yeah you have to fry everything in bacon fat <laughs> but yeah i i do i do air fried i spray them with a little bit of olive oil and just season them and then throw them in the air fryer or you can bake i used to bake when i had a hankering for chips i always used to have uh, red skin potatoes on hand so i'd peel those and slice them up and then i'd make my own chips in the oven do the same thing. Uh, I'll break out the mandolin, uh, slice them all out so that they're uniform, pop them in the oven with a little uh, salt and pepper on them, and light brushing of uh, olive oil or something, and good to go. Anybody like salt and vinegar chips? Uh, partial. Yeah. No, okay. I'll eat salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. They're a pain in the ass to make because you gotta like soak them for hours 
in like vinegar. Learned that the hard way. All right, Daymok, what can you tell us about NVIDIA's GeForce RTX 3080 synthetic or yeah, whatever, their, their next graphics card? What can I tell you about their graphics card? Or what can I tell you about their performance leaks? Performance leaks. Let's go with that one. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have not read anything about their performance leaks at all. I knew when they announced it. I know what they have said. I have seen a couple little things about, hey, this is what the card is doing. I will not actually judge the card itself until it is in the consumer hands. I don't care about the special releases that they sent out to YouTube reviewers. I don't care about the Twitch streamers. I don't care about any of them. They can get fucked. I got it that they're trying to get their subs and their clicks and all that, and that's fine, and I hope that they do good, but you are, those people are getting cards before anybody else. Those people are getting cards that are tuned directly from the manufacturer to send it to them. I want to see real-world performance benchmarks from independent people like none of us here are sponsored by anybody and if one of us were to buy the card and run a bunch of benchmarks then hell yeah i believe everything that one of us has said or somebody else it's like hey you know what it's a week past when the cards came out. I got mine. I'm doing it. Here's what I got. And other people are coming out going, no, no, no. You've already screwed up. You can get better FPS this way. I don't read synthetic benchmarks. I don't read the, the people that got the cards early. I believe there was a good article posted, or sorry, a good video posted uh, by Jay's Two Cents uh, by Co. In the video, and it was like, "Hey, here's the the 3070 and the performance and 3080 performance." I like, got my hands on the card early. Be like, "Yeah, dude, you got your hands on the card a month before anybody else can. You got a production card that was tweaked by the manufacturer." And then, yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, we'll see. I'm gonna wait for people to come out and show me what because not everybody's running the latest hardware right i have a 6700k i want to see the guy that's running a 6700k with 32 gigs of ram like i am and pushing it with a, a four gigs overclock and see how everything works i want to know then so i don't read the the virtual stuff i don't pay attention to the virtual stuff i'm waiting for it I, and i want to i want to talk about it so bad and i want to be all hyped for it but i'm not because i don't think that nvidia won this round i really think amd is going to pull a fucking unicorn out of this and stomp nvidia i i think that's a horrible horrible reference because unicorns aren't fucking real let's let's just face it uh, you know, i think uh uh i mean you're looking at a unicorn graphics card launch all right no, no, no. Mythic. Well, it is mythic, right? <laughs> not, since, not since 2004 has the lowest grade graphics card been on par or slightly better than the last generation's highest end graphics card. It is a unicorn launch across the board. It is a mythical fucking massive slap to the 2080 ti owners 
and all of that. I mean, you're looking at a 3070, a $499 graphics card MSRP uh, that is beating a $1,200 graphics card. And if you thought you were buying it for $1,200, get fucked, dude, because everybody was jacking up the prices of the 2080 Ti. It was not, I couldn't find one for even close to $1,200. But it is what it is. It's a unicorn launch from nvidia but to me that says nvidia scared after amd has been doing a tweet battle with them like poking at them telling them they know nvidia yeah you think you got it you think you got it, you think you got it wait for big navi that's gonna crush you and i'm excited for that with synthetic benchmarks i know that's what the article's about i don't pay attention to them they're not worth my time I want to see real-world performance. I want to see real-world benchmarks. I want to see somebody who's like me and you that we're not sponsored. I don't have a $50,000 computer set up and a $20,000 streamer set up you know, to top it off. I don't have any of that stuff. I got my computer that I like to spend money on it, <laughs> but I need better parts at some point in time. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing with half of this stuff. I just buy the computers and run off of y'all's recommendations. Like, I got a laptop here. It's got an NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1060 graphics card in it. And this one's probably like three. Yeah, it's about three years old because I got it about the time the podcast started taking over for that. But I get what you're saying. You want it you want it to be like the the field test. You want to actually like take the thing, throw it in the mud and pick it up and see if it still shoots. Yeah, absolutely. If I can shoot it when it's wet, if I can shoot it when it's sandy, if I can shoot it when it's dirty, we're good to fucking go. But if I can't shoot it when it's all those things, then it's fucking worthless. Yep. That's right. Thoughts, Cyber? Well, I have no thoughts on it. Um, I haven't really been following the new graphics card all that much. Um, I'm still waiting to see what comes from Camp AMD on their battle forward on this. I mean, yes, we're still waiting for to see what AMD does, but since the, the 3000 series is here, um, and it has launched... You know, I mean, we get the cards later on this this month. We get the cards this month. So, honestly, give it a couple more weeks and we will see real-world benchmarks across the board because you know they're going to try and launch it strong. Um, and then the argument that we can – I don't know. I don't want to derail the entire conversation, but, you know, it's the argument of who is NVIDIA fighting. Are they actually fighting AMD's PC GPU or is NVIDIA fighting who's already actually won the war, which would be AMD in not only the processor segment, because Intel is massively playing catch up, but AMD powers what? The PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X? And NVIDIA is trying to get the money out of people now for the PC gaming experience before the consoles hit the market to suck everybody's fucking penny out? I mean that and then after all of that you're gonna get the big navy graphics card that yeah that AMD is like if you're following them on Twitter you know they're really taking shots at Nvidia like you're oh yeah they're firing across their bow left and right picking on them and everything 
Oh yeah, they're saying that the three thousand series ain't shit for the most part. Now they haven't said that directly in words, but the way they're picking on him, they're like, "Yeah, you think your three thousand series performance is good? Wait for Big Navi," which is, I mean, that's some big words for AMD. But however, AMD's come back; they've crushed Intel, and yeah. now now they own and Navi. That's their they're talking about three dims with that, aren't they? They're talking, you know what, I'm going to wait until their announcement because I believe it's, what, uh, in next month? So they're going to be... October. Yeah, they're going to be a little behind NVIDIA, but I honestly believe that's NVIDIA trying to jump the gun and get their product out before, A, the consoles come out, which are 100% powered by AMD, and B, before AMD can launch its big Navi competitor, which could potentially crush nvidia across the board and we're gonna see intel come out soon but intel is saying something about a 2021 release date for their integrated or they're not integrated but their new graphics series card so i think nvidia is trying to jump the gun because they've had two very very poor quarters if you're paying attention uh they posted massive losses the 2000 series graphics cards as much as everybody talked about them they're not adopted at all whatsoever. They are the worst graphics card that NVIDIA has ever made in terms of sales. No one purchased them. The 1080 Ti was just as good as the 2080 Ti performance-wise, except you got RTX on, and no one used RTX because it was a massive fucking performance hit across the board. You weren't using ray tracing for the most part. Games were not supporting ray tracing for the most part. They were patching, and I'm using finger quotes for the people who can't see me, they were patching in ray tracing abilities to games. They were not true ray tracing games. Now you're starting to see games that are going to utilize ray tracing because that's where the future of gaming is going because it looks gorgeous. Shit performance right now looks gorgeous. Now you're going to see them, hey, the 3070 is the shittier card that we have for $500 and it outperforms a, you know, $1,200 card. Yeah, they're scared. And it's either, and it doesn't matter what they're scared of. If they're scared of AMD launching a PC graphics card or they're scared of the new consoles coming up, AMD already owns the new consoles. Either way. NVIDIA is now scared of AMD and NVIDIA is now in the game of we need to reduce prices and do quality, quality upgrades, which makes me excited as a consumer, right? And you guys should be too and everybody should be because we have the chance to really, really benefit from this, whether you're team green or team red or fuck at this point, team blue with the Intel coming out with their stuff. I'm excited for that don't care about synthetic benchmarks get fucked let's see the real world performance let's go from here i want to see i want to see somebody running 60 fps 8k like they've advertised until then i i don't know i gotta see somebody doing it with a pc like mine to believe it i can respect that we shall see all right. Well, let's get into our last article of the night. 22 years later, and this comes from PC Gamer. Uh, 22 years later, Half-Life's influence is still being felt. The shooter that re redefined a genre. Um, 
as y'all know, still haven't played Half-Life. Still haven't gotten into it. There are many people in this uh, who have been on this show who have played Half-Life, know more about this game, love this game, have so many memories of this game. And I just, I never got into it, even when it came out console, like in like some sort of like bundled set. The orange box. That's it, the orange box. But uh, so I recently spoke with Vincent Adolfi, whatever the hell his name is. Apologize for that. An indie designer working on a game called Heartworm. It's a low poly 3D survival horror. So when he brought up influences like Silent Hill, Resident Evil, and even Dino Crisis, that was to be expected. But when he mentioned Valve's classic 1998 FPS, I've tried to take cues from games like Half-Life in a way that Valve uses the environment design naturally uh, develop the narrative, he says. It's not the first time I've heard developers name-check Half-Life while making games very different to it. Its effect on the way games tell story transcends genres, which is surprising given how few other 1990s shooters even had stories. Which is really true. Uh, John Carmack of id famously said, Stories are as irrelevant to games as they are to porn. Which explains Quake. (laughs) Sure, adventure games and RPGs might need plots, but... What does an FPS have to gain? Which is bullshit, in my opinion, because it has everything to fucking gain. No, no, keep reading, keep reading, because you stopped without reading. All right, sure, adventure games and RPGs might need plots, but what does an FPS have to gain? When Half-Life proved even a game about shooting zombies could be improved with a memorable story, it made a point for everyone. And it did without cutscenes or a single paragraph of text. Mainly, it did it through Black Mesa. What the hell is Black Mesa? Black Mesa is the Black Mesa research facility located in... Is it New Mexico, Arizona? Or is it Arizona, New Mexico area? It's it's over there. I don't remember directly off. I thought it was Black Mesa, New Mexico. Uh, It's the the basis for the game you work you're in the black mesa research facility and everything goes wrong from there and you know you have the uh god damn resonance cascade right and then it sets everything off from there i drink like a whole bottle of goddamn wine uh (laughs) great game so half-life's writer mark Laidlaw once explained in a blog that Half-Life was initially planned to be a non-linear game. It is. Hold on. uh, Black Mesa is New Mexico, Colorado, and Oklahoma. Hmm. Okay. That all changed because he has put, as he put it, all narrative forms of drama, especially horror, rely on pacing and rhythm, and horror timing is crucial. Yes, it is. Uh, you have to set up your traps just so and wait until your victim is precisely positioned. While previous shooters had elements of horror, Doom had <laughs> a chainsaw and a shot bu- shotgun because id were fans of Evil Dead 2, the games were never horror themselves. They were action and halloween close yeah doom has never been scary to me because uh, 
the the main basis of horror and i know i'm sidetracking like you see in a lot of the movies is it never dies you're weak and jump scares that's pretty much the basis doom has jump scares yes yes it does kind of the original doom doesn't really have jump scares uh, they do in the sense of when you get to hell and you have uh, the demons bamfing in right in front of you when, like, it's empty. But yeah. there was an audio clip that played before you were expecting it. The the Doom that tried to do it for the... Mo- I mean, we're talking original Doom, like, way back, right? I, the new stuff is totally different right yes. that, that's fantastic but the original doom when you were playing it like you pressed the button the wall button and you heard the doors open and then you heard the creatures that had been spawned there and then when you got to hell you were expecting the spawns at that point in time because you had gotten the weapons you had gotten the ammo you know, they laid everything out. You got your health back. You got your armor back. You got a shit ton of ammo. And you're like, okay, right around this corner is going to be where we fuck shit up. Yes. But if you never played a game before and in, in, in defense of those people, not knowing those elements preceded a shit show, it could be kind of scary. But yes, in the traditional sense, it wasn't. That's not really a jump scare. But I will say this that it, it in Doom you're all you are powerful and rip and tear. Rip and fucking tear. Oh yes. Um, but I mean, give give credit to where credit's due. Doom is where we learned that whenever you get life, armor, and ammo, you're going to get fucked around the next corner. Yeah. Um, so the first third of Half Life is, as Laidlaw says, explicitly horrid. There's a slow burn where we're introduced to characters at the most mundane through, uh, though with teasing hints of what may be about to go wrong. Then we see their ordinary world turn upside down, made dark and broken, just like Alien or Night of the Living Dead or It. Half-Life's flashlight with its rechargeable battery are essential to its scares. You crawl through a vent, throwing through a pool, thrown through a pool of light ahead you know knowing it could run out before you reach the nearest exit you turn it off to recharge for a moment flick it back on light uh light up a rearing head crab's underside while several shooters of half-life copy its blend of order of action like the fear series uh which also successfully imitated half-life squad fucking alma man holy shit she was scary yeah she was uh it's really psychological mind fuck um its influence was most felt in the first person horror genre every game that gives you light has a limited resource from amnesia to outlast has a tiny bit of dude amnesia oh that is another game that fucks with your noggin so i i kind of gotta say Okay, so story is crucial to what you're doing. There's a story that you need. So, not always. I don't think you always need story for uh, FPS. I mean, I play a lot of Warzone. There's no fucking storyline in that. Yeah. But think about how you can enhance a game like that with nope. the story. I feel like you're missing something without it. 
You're, but you've also played. I mean, like, could COD really be built without having any story to it? Uh, just literally, literally. No, 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 no. I mean, oh. like, literally, just here you go, multiplayer game. Um, Black Ops Three. No, no, no. Because that's Black Ops Three. Had no single basis. player. No, that was actually. Four. Was it Black Ops Four? Okay, sorry. It was four. Like I, I yeah. don't play the Call of Duty games normally. I haven't played since Modern Warfare Two, and then I just recently picked up the new one. I've not played since then. Yes, but that ha- that's an IP that has several games that lead it up to it. Granted, Black Ops Two and Black Ops Three pretty much had the same bloody story with different skins, if you ask me. But Black Ops had a story. Black Ops 4 still referenced the previous Black Ops games in a way. Um, and I feel like they still had something to tell and it added something to it. It's not perfect. And then there was still something with the getting into the camp or the uh, multiplayer. You still had a campaign-ish like experience. So wait, which Black Ops were you saying? Because I'm seeing Black Ops 3 is multiplayer only. It's got multiplayer and zombie gameplay only. There's no story at all. There's no single player campaign. There's nothing. You can't do a co-op. You can't do anything. Really? Black Ops 3 takes place... In 2065, 40 years after the event, events of Black Ops 2 and the f- world facing up people from conflicts, climate change, and new technologies like previous installments of Black Ops series, the campaign follows a team of Black Ops soldiers who work for Winslow Accord. So mine is showing right here, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 versions feature multiplayer and zombie gameplays only, but do not include a co-op or single-player campaign game mode. The ambitious scope of the 1-4 player co-op campaign design of the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC versions could not be faithfully recreated on old-generation hardware. So... Black Ops 3 only had multiplayer, no co-op, no multi, no, uh, n- or sorry, yeah, no co-op, no single-player campaign. I, I don't understand. Maybe it was Black Ops 4 that did it, but I always, it thought, it was, four. I always thought it was Black it, Ops 3 that fucked it all up. No, Black Ops 4 definitely did not have, yeah, because it this has a campaign. 3 has a campaign. There is a campaign, multiplayer, and zombies. 4... Eh, eh. nothing just just multiplayer but the thing the point that i'm getting at is it's black ops 4 it has a basis in a series that laid out a story and it adds something to it if you just introduced a game and just said here you go go kill each other quake unreal tournament yeah, planet side. We, I mean, we could play this Fortnite Shadow Run, and so Fortnite ha- doesn't have and misses that element. Like it misses the the development. It's just a shooting game. The same thing with Player Unknown Battlegrounds. It misses something with that element. 
I really think that in a true FPS, you should have a tail. Now, it doesn't need to be cutscenes, it doesn't need to be anything fancy, but you still laid something out. Now, they didn't have cutscenes in this, but there's other games that did not truly have cutscenes. They had it, you played things through. Characters said something, and it made a story in itself. I One of the things that I liked about Splinter Cell was in Splinter Cell Conviction, you had the interaction in some of the cutscenes where literally, instead of interrogating a guy in a cutscene, you literally got to pick out how you were going to interrogate this, these people. Throw them up against the wall, break their head on the bathroom sink, slam their head into the toilet. Like it did have traditional cutscenes where you had no control over the character, but there have been games where you literally got to move the camera around, you got to be involved in the cinematic sequence. But you don't necessarily need that, you just need a story. I really well, think to like, make take a game. for instance, uh, games such as um paladins for instance you don't have really story you have character uh cards attached to your heroes if you choose to read them otherwise you're just playing a game to kill people same thing with like say overwatch i mean there's very little story but but there is something there. There is a basis for the characters. The characters in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds don't have any of that. Right. I, I mean, there's plenty of games that are super popular that way that don't have any story at all whatsoever. Right. Minecraft technically has an end game, but it has no story, no lore, no nothing to get to the end to kill the Ender Dragon. It has nothing. There's nothing that talks about it. There's nothing you can find. You want to talk about we loved Seven Days to Die. I think that was GNA's biggest game that we've played as a group for the longest point in time in fucking history. Right? We played Seven Days to Die. That has nothing. It's a multiplayer survival game. All of these survival games, ARC and everything, don't have any type of story. However, that was John Carmack's big thing from id right and as you read it because i was talking about it earlier he actually says right john carmack of id famously said stories are as irrelevant to games as they are to porn period and that is his stance on it and that is how he has felt a long time now valve came along and released half-life Valve meticulously went through and built the game. And the article is fantastic because you're talking about Half-Life as a game as a whole took the main character doesn't speak. There are no cutscenes in the game. There are no hidden books that you can pick up and read through at all whatsoever. You play the game first person and learn about it. And there's so much like you're talking about the intensive scares, Well, that's because you're right. They built up the characters properly. If we keep going down the article and they call the next sections dead good, it talks about how it made you really get involved and sucked into the horror of half-life because you watched NPCs struggle and try to help each other and then just get torn apart 
and everything like that. And everybody was asking you for help and there was nothing you can do. And on top of that, what did Valve do that really kicked everything off? It's at the end of the article. Mods, mods, and more mods. Here is your support. Gentlemen, have fun. And now we have so many games that have come out because they were A, Half-Life 1 mods, B, Half-Life 2 mods, or C, they were based around it. And you're still seeing, and I, I think the article was trying to, to point the direction, indie developers today and AAA devs who are paying attention have been using the original Half-Life in the way that A, it told a story, but it told a story, as Blue was saying, that it, it's incredibly encompassing and it makes shooting zombies so much more than just shooting fucking zombies. But um, Doom really started that mod craze on changing the game in so many different ways. Correct, but Doom did not officially support the mods for a while. No, they did. They supported them right out of the gate. If you bought the game after the free release, they gave you the source code to do your mods. Oh, you're saying free release. Doom was a paid game. Doom Disc 1 was free. Disc three, uh, 2 and 3, you had to buy. The point is, is that you got to see a story unfold. They laid out a story, like what you're talking about, the struggles of these NPCs. You got to see events unfold. They didn't have to do a cutscene for this. And you don't need cutscenes to tell a story. I mean, for Christ's sake, the cutscenes, I've watched them for games like Dark Souls. And they are completely useless. Completely fucking useless. You have to go find, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I found a YouTuber who explains the story of Dark Souls. And he explains it by reading the descriptions of all of the items you pick up in the game. And he takes all of that and he stitches all of this stuff together and he tells you about the city about the people why they're doing it Lothran all this crap and it's made through that the booklets that we used to get in video games it told you about the covenant it told you about the you know the ants and the bugs in jet force gemini and told you, like, Battle Tank Global Assault told you about all this different stuff. That built out the story. And that's what COD 4 has. That's what Warzone has. Warzone is based in a story. COD 4 is based in a story. It may not be in the actual game, but there is still a story that's been told. And it doesn't have to be told through cutscenes or, or read through text. It can literally be told as you're literally just watching something unfold in front of you. You can sometimes build a connection or you can sometimes feel like what it's, you know, you see someone get dragged and torn apart. Like these emotions and all these things that come along with it are what make out the story. You don't need cutscenes. You don't need the character to say anything. You don't need text. You don't, you can literally just see things happen because that's what happens in life. 
you see things happen and that tells the, the tale. I can make an argument that Minecraft has a story. It has your story, the world that you are creating and the conflicts that you have to overcome, the monsters, the spiders, building up your you know, your fortress and going out and exploring, you write your own story. You know, that's how it is. There doesn't need to necessarily be that kind of campaign. But when you get into a game where they literally just drop you in like player bat, bat, uh, PUBG, it it misses something. It's just killing each other. Like, why the fuck are we here? Why are we all on a plane? You're right. Like, Absolutely. You are 100% right. If you were looking for actual... Of it's me. Well, yes, it is blue, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you are looking for an actual game that really grabs you, that you really want to play, like we play Warzone. We play Warzone a lot. I haven't played a lot of games as much as I've played Call of Duty Warzone. What makes Warzone fun for me is playing it with Zyber. It's playing with Co. It's playing it with Vintage, right? Even though I don't care, Vintage, you rage quit way too fucking much, probably. You, you really do. But it's a lot of fun playing it with the people that I'm with and going forward in it. But as far as the game itself, screw it, dude. You can name it anything that you want. I honestly don't care. There's nothing that I'm invested in. But as far as Half-Life and the way the article is written about saying, hey, 22 years later, Half-Life influence is still being felt. It absolutely is. And I like, you know, towards the bottom of the thing where it talks about Half-Life's formula. The formula, environmental storytelling, spread across an impressive but collapsing testament to man's hubris, would see its ultimate manifestation in Bioshock. Who didn't yes. like Bioshock? You didn't like Bioshock? I'm kidding. Oh, I'm, uh, oh I'm dear God. I'm kidding. But I was like, okay, so Bioshock. Every game that uses deaths on the other side of a door... Every game that uses bodies carefully arranged on toilets or in beds to tell a story, right? That's all Half-Life. Half-Life was the first game to do it, to tell a story, to have everything set like that. That's the game. That's the formula for Half-Life. So any game that has that going forward from when Half-Life was created to today technically takes elements from Half-Life's formula which I, I wish Co was here because I know he wants to argue with me so bad. We already got a little bit into it on the Discord, but I think he was trying to go the wrong direction. But yes, storytelling elements make a zombie shooting game because let's not lie to ourselves. Uh, it's Half-Life's a zombie shooting game, period. Until you get to the aliens and then it becomes an alien shooting game. But that's what it is. The storytelling element, the reason it stuck with so many people... Like, oh, fuck, dude. I just recently, a uh, couple weeks ago, went through and beat Black Mesa, the new big mod for Half-Life 2 that remade Half-Life 1 with, you know, some extra features and all that. I beat Black Mesa. Uh, I've beat Half-Life several times. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Half-Life source because it, it felt spotty to me, but I got it for free, so I've played through it. It's good. You're right. If you want storyline then you're going to go look back to Half-Life. And if you're a developer in this day and age, or you're a developer that uh, came after Half-Life was made, well, guess what? All those influences from those games that you've been playing or looking at, they came from Half-Life for the most part. 
it, it's gone past FPS games. The article kicked off talking about a third party game where it's a 3D it's a low poly 3D survival horror that is trying to build everything off of its environmental experience to tell the story which guess what was pioneered by Valve with Half-Life. So yes, Blue, I completely agree. A story is absolutely required for making a game truly truly enjoyable and like really momentous but you don't need the story if you're just playing shitty games like and i don't mean shitty like as in they're bad games but shitty games like minecraft or warzone or anything like that all right i mean it's all about with those games to me fun with friends that's that's all it needs to be you don't need a story Wait. to have fun with friends no. You got friends? No, but I we need a friends? story. But I need a story for a game that is going and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play and I'm going to enjoy from very beginning to very end of the game. I need a story and it cannot be I don't do cutscene stories. I don't like cutscene games. I really do like how a game is told environmentally. We've been playing Pathfinder Kingmaker, Zyber. A lot of that, yes, there's a lot of talk in that, right? And they have quote-unquote cutscenes, but you have to make choices, and it's based on your character stats because you can fail checks, and it changes the way the story goes and all of that, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but a lot of that, if there was no deep, really entrenched story and told very well environmentally, right? Because you're like, oh, fuck, what part do I go to on this? Well, I remember the book saying this part, you know. Yeah. Right, but it's with uh, Kingmaker, you can divert so easily from the main storyline that you change the outcome entirely. Yes, but I mean, that's the point. It is a, it is Pathfinder. Legitimately licensed, right. I think, by Pathfinder, or, or sorry, uh, Pazio, because Pazio makes Pathfinder, right? Because Wizard of the Coast makes D&D. Uh, yes, you can deviate incredibly far in that game and still have a wonderful time and change the outcome of the game. But again, the deep storyline is there. And if you try and venture too far off the main course of the storyline right. before you get the DLCs, you're going to fail the main quest because you only have, you have a, there is a time allotment yep. to solve. That's the main what I was about quest. to say. Yeah. That time allotment gets you. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end. Yes, I know you're sad. We're kind of sad, too. But don't worry. We'll be back. But in the meantime, you can reach out to Zyberblood at... Where can I find you, bud? Well, you can find me on the GNA Discord, Facebook, Twitter, as well as my Facebook, my Twitter, and my Instagram at Zyberblood. That's Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. And Damoc, where can they find you, my good sir? I exclusively troll the GNA podcast as the ultimate shit talker pinned to the top. Come challenge me. We'll see what you can do. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I'm Blue Shark 45, and you're probably wondering, why the fuck do they let this guy run the show? Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, he doesn't even say anything half the time in the Discord. Like, where is he? He's he's missing. Like, he doesn't tweet. He doesn't do any of this shit. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Hashtag almost married. <laughs> you would be correct, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have a lot of free time. I spend a lot of my time doing other things. But when I'm not, and when you at me, I can get back to you. And you can at me at in our GNA Discord. You can also find me in three-player co-ops Discord, playing fantasy football and crossing my fingers, hoping no one takes a knee. Really hoping for that. You can also it's, find him on his fans only. <laughs> you can also find me on Parlor and Twitter as BlueShark45. And ladies and gentlemen, you can also find me on this show every now and then. Well... Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the end, as I've mentioned before, but fret not, for I hear that we have something. We have a webpage, and you can go and find us on that webpage at www.onlyfans.com slash GNA podcast exclusive. Photos, videos, and other things. But don't really go there because it's like gnapodcast.com unless you want to see like Gamebox Wiener stuff. You know, it's cool. Or you want to see, uh, you know, four cast members in a hot tub, go to our uh, webpage. Hashtag Mastodon. You, you can see that, folks. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening, and gentlemen, thank you all for joining on the show. You all have a lovely evening. Oh, as well, too. brother. Who wants to play some fucking Warzone, yeah? We hope you enjoyed the show. GNA, games, nerds, and alcohol. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show, so if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a whole bunch of other places. If we aren't someplace, let us know. We'll upload there. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook by searching at GNA Podcast. You can also join our Discord chat. Just see the pinned tweet. We do a game show night every first Saturday of every month on Mixer at www.mixer.com forward slash GNA podcast and join us every second Saturday of the month for horror movie night hosted by Zyberblood. We want to thank Morgan BS photography for our artwork and logo. Check him out at morganbs.com and please email us at GNA podcast at GNA in your DNA dot one with all your questions, comments or death threats. We would love to hear from you. And last but not least, please be sure to check out our website at www.gnapodcast.com. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, fuck you guys, and like, I cannot play video games, so I have ice cream time.